Welcome into a pre-draft Jaguars drive time. A different day, a different time must mean something is important. Something's going on. J.P. Shadrick, John Ojo, Brian Sexton will join us live from Nashville. He's been there since yesterday getting content. Guys, big the week. The NFL draft uh, is going on, Schlin, is what you would get. Yeah, the big week. starts tomorrow at like 8 p.m., I heard. That's the rumor going around. That's what we've heard around town. Maybe you want to be here for that. Maybe. Maybe you want to tune in. Maybe you want to come to Daly's yep. Place to check out the draft party. You, sure. have, you have options. That you, I understand, will be hosting. She's the star of the show. Oh, hosting. She's yeah. the star. I would think uh, my co-host is the star of the show. I'm not allowed to say who it is just yet, but oh. I think they're coming for him, not me. Mystery co-host. I've got to be in here. Yeah, no, they I'm don't busy, want you out I'm there. Okay, well. All, right. All right, guys, let's get into <laughs> big things really quick before we go to Nashville with Brian Sexton. Big thing one is number seven. So much speculation, so much talk. Dave Cobble said at the pre-draft media luncheon, to believe nothing. So believe this if you want to, as John says. But number seven, what's your guy's gut? What are you thinking? Well, I think it's going to be uh, uh, one of three offensive tackles is my gut. I think it's either Jonah Williams, Juwan Taylor, or Andre Dillard. Uh, I get that there is a ton of talk about TJ Hawkinson. I'm sure we'll be talking about TJ Hawkinson all day today. I just think that the scenario for them is going to be let's take a tight end out of this very deep tight end class somewhere down the line, second or third round. Let's take care of the right side of the offensive line. Hint, hint, hint. I think it'll be either Williams or Taylor. <laughs> Something along those lines, I think that's probably what it's going to be. But, JP, yep. when I say that, I'm saying at about 35 40%. I, I'm not overly confident in that, but if I had to guess, I'd, I'd say that's what it is. I think they would – run to the podium if one of those defensive guys slides down there. If right, I'm assuming that's not going to be the case. Well, if so, it did, right. though, they right. could well, go outside of the uh, the box here. But th those three guys are interesting. And a couple weeks ago, Jeff Lagerman brought up the Dillard name really mm -hmm. for the first time as a guy that he would consider taking uh, with that seventh pick. And, and if you look at all the mocks and everything, he's down the first round at least a But he's bit. the best pure left tackle. That's right. And what that would entail, obviously, is – moving Cam to the right side, Cam Robinson. Mm -hmm. uh, Tom Coughlin last week, or on, on Monday, and again, this goes back to what, Shalyn? Believe? How much? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, said that they need a healthy Cam Robinson playing left tackle. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if that means based on the depth chart right now, but it, if they're serious about that, then you would think it probably won't be Dillard. So, you know, who knows? That's, it's all smoke and mirrors. It's all believe nothing right mm -hmm. now. But you would almost certainly have to move Cam to right side if you brought in Andre Dillard. Yeah, and I think I'm kind of with you. It's got it feels like an offensive tackle pick at mm -hmm. seven if that defensive stuff does not happen, because as you said, of that depth of the tight end class, they might be able to do some work in the second round at that position. But it's going to be offensive positions early. That's got to be the feel around here, right? Well, we we'll get to the second and third round later. I get unless it. first round. Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, or uh, Quinnen Williams, those are three generational guys that would be hard to pass up. Considering, you know, I, I thought Tom's money quote on Monday was when he talked about, you know, you know, you know my history, or you, or uh, my history is well documented. I like big defensive linemen, offensive linemen. 
with the Giants, he had a defensive line that come at you in waves. When this team was good uh, two years ago, it had a defensive line that come at you in waves. Josh Allen, Nick Bosa would be guys that you could add to the wave, so to speak. But I think th the reason that you don't think that any of those guys will be the pick at number seven is I don't think they'll be there at number seven, and I'm just not feeling that all over there. They're, you know, I get that fans are, are, are crazy over his athleticism. Uh, I don't see him being the pick at number seven. And you can make the argument, Ashton, that you know, that is a position of somewhat need, too, because mm -hmm. the waves on that defensive line have changed over the last year or so. There's a couple guys not in the mix anymore. Dante's out of here. Mm -hmm. Malik Jackson's gone. Um, is last year's first-round pick going to develop like you hope he would? You just don't know yet. It's yeah. darn sure a position right. of need yeah. in NFL reality. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by NFL reality is NFL reality is the rookies in their first year it's a crapshoot how much they're going to contribute. But you need your top ten picks being big-time players by year two. Yep. By year two, it's going to be a big-time need because there's no way that Ngakwe, Marcel, and Calais are all here next year. You're going to need another guy in that spot. So in, in looking at the big picture of an organization, which is what these guys are paid to do, it's absolutely a need in 2020. So we've talked about that seventh round pick. Big thing, too, is the option of trading down, which a few weeks ago no one really talked about, but now it might be a big possibility that the Jaguars do trade down in the first round. It's never happened in the Dave Caldwell era, but, John, we talked about it a few days ago that it's kind of looking now like more of a possibility as days go on. Well, it's so hard to put a percentage on this because you've got 31 other teams that one of those teams has to be willing to trade up. So that's why the trade down is so difficult. Most of your teams would love to trade down. But think about it. If if I want to trade down, uh, there's a reason I want to get out of it, right? Right. So if I call trying to trade down, what are you saying? I don't trust you, though. And I we, never do. Which we say a lot, but especially <laughs> in that situation. So it takes usually an unusual circumstance which is a quarterback being available. Mm -hmm. That's why it feels like it might be the case this year. The Giants are linked a little bit with Dwayne Haskins at number six, but it, it's not a solid link. If Haskins gets by the Giants at number six and he's sitting there at number seven, then all of a sudden you've got a, a, a crew of teams, the Bengals, the Broncos, the mm -hmm. Redskins, the Dolphins, all who it could conceivably have interest in moving up to seven, that's when a trade in the first round usually happens. Dave Caldwell on Monday, more than he usually does, uh, talked about having had some conversations, very preliminary stuff, talked about a certain team that might want to do it. That's all vague, but it's much less vague than he usually is about trading down. So if there's a year they're going to do it, it feels to me like it, this is the year it might happen, and this would be the best year for it to happen because those four guys we're talking about, Hawkinson and the three tackles, if they traded back to 12 or 13, one of those guys is going to be available there, and I'm not sure there's a huge difference. Yeah, and the, the trick here is that you don't want to go down too far and get out of the, the realm of first-round talent. You right. You know, the talent only goes so far as 32 picks, yes, but first-round true talent might not go that deep in the draft. So well, the key you might want to go back those teams all the way we're talking game. about, Skins, Dolphins, Bengals, Broncos, they're all in oh, about a six- or seven-range right. period. That's right. So it, it makes you think – it all might add up. It, it, and, again, I think it's probably a 25% chance they do it. But it's getting to the point where it, 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 it would be a surprise if they don't have a chance to do it.
So guys, there's always pressure going into the draft, right? But this year feels a little different for especially Dave Caldwell and Tom Coughlin. So big thing three is pressure. Is there more pressure this year to absolutely nail this draft, get it right, get young guys in here to replace some of these veteran guys that cost a lot of money? I feel the pressure. Do you think they do? I, I think there's guess, pressure every year, right? Yeah, and um, I guess there is because last year they were coming off an AFC Championship appearance and you sort of figured they had a year. But as soon as you figure that, by the end of last year, there was talk about job security around here. So there's there's pressure every year. There's pressure to get it right every year. You're picking the top ten. There's pressure to get it right. Uh, I think it's pretty much the same. Uh, so I sort of discount that because I don't think these guys draft with that in mind. I don't think they're walking around on Thursday thinking, boy, there's more pressure on me this year than there was last year. JP, what am I going to do? I better work harder. Yeah, so <laughs> I just don't think – I think it's a great thing to talk about. It's a great uh, topic for a show like this. I don't know that it's their reality. Yeah, I think it happens by nature of the business that mm -hmm. they've chosen. I mean, this is part of the thing when you sign up here. There's going to be pressure. You have to make the right pick. You have to sign the right extension for guys. And you got to win football games. So I think, yeah, there's pressure. But I think it's the normal pressure that's here year upon year. Fair enough. All right, when we come back, we will jo join our own Brian Sexton live from Nashville going to events, talking to prospects. He's done it all so far today. We'll be back. When this is the sound of a waterfall in nature, there's no cause for concern. But when it's the sound of water gushing through your living room ceiling because a pipe bursts inside the wall, there's reason to panic, unless you pick up the phone and call 1-800-SERVE-PRO. Only the cleanup and restoration specialists at ServPro can help make fire and water damage like it never even happened. So make the call to 1-800-SERVE-PRO at the first sign of water damage. Franchises are independently owned and operated. The Jaguars are on the clock as the 2019 NFL Draft approaches, and one lucky Jaguars fan will win the opportunity to announce a pick live on national television. Visit jaguars.com slash you make the pick to enter the draft the best sweepstakes presented by P&G. Announce a pick live, enjoy a VIP experience at the Jaguars draft party, and win tickets to the first 2019 home game. Go to jaguars.com slash you make the pick and enter for your chance at this ultimate draft experience. Draft the best for your household by picking up Ty, Bounty, and Dawn. Available at Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. At ViStar, we believe in better. Better convenience. So members can bank any way they want. Whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to a pre-draft Jaguars drive time. Myself, John Ozier, J.P. Shadrick in studio here in Jacksonville. Our very own Brian Sexton, live in Nashville, arrived this morning. Brian, how's it going over there? Ashland just hanging by the uh, Cumberland River here. Hear a little music in the background. Folks in Nashville excited to host the draft. It really is a great place to do it. Broadway, and I know you guys know Broadway. 
I know Shadrick knows Broadway. I know Broadway. Um, is it 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 is lit up, and the stage at um, Second in Broadway covers a vast area. Just. I promise you tomorrow night when they turn the lights on and the lights are all the way down Broadway showing you the view down to the stage, it, it's going to be something. It's a walkable city. It's a friendly city. Everyone's walked by here, Titans fans, and said, welcome to Nashville. Um, most of the time we do feel welcome here, but, uh, you know, we're still in enemy territory. However, the draft brings fans from all over the National Football League, and they're enjoying a beautiful day here. Caught up with some players this morning. Now, the players are here working something called Huddle Against Hunger. So they bring all the prospects that they've got. Most of the first-round guys were there. And they were working with volunteer groups, putting together bags of food, water, clothing, toiletries, and stuff to battle hunger here in Central. Had a chance afterwards to catch up with some of the guys. Jonah Williams, TJ Hawkinson, and Juwan Taylor, three guys that are all in the picture for the Jaguars. And let's start with Jonah Williams because he's an interesting guy. At the end of last season, last college football season, he was clearly at the very top of the list, one of the highest performing players in college football, 44 starts at the University of Alabama, plays a premium position, and yet not everyone's given him the respect that he's due. In fact, the guy that I was standing next to who was asking questions was pissing him off. He was tired of hearing about his arm length. He was tired of hearing about how many starts he made. He was almost defensive. Well, I think that that's something you just have to understand coming into the process is nobody tells you how good you are anymore. Everyone wants to get you for cheaper. Everyone wants to knock you down. Everybody wants to say bad things, either to create headlines or, you know, to, to knock you down in the draft and, you know, get you to fall to them or whatever. So I knew it was going to happen, but my goal is I wanted to control the controllables, something I did in college. I wanted to say, you know, I can... I, can, I can't change certain things about me, but I can be the best player. I can be my preparation habits, can be better than anyone else. Are you paying attention? Do you have a sense of where you're going to go? Are you, are you trying to interpret what GMs or visits have meant, or are you just... I have no idea where I'm going. Uh, I mean, I really don't. I mean, I'm, I'm just excited for tomorrow. Hopefully I go tomorrow, but, uh, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the goal. But, uh, you know, that's... Uh, that's I really don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be exciting when my name's called, and and I'm I'm just ready to, you know, try and make an impact at the at the next level and, and learn the playbook as fast as I can. Talk about what it would mean to you to keep your career in Florida, high school, college, and the NFL. Uh, it'll be great, man. I, I grew up in Florida, born and raised. Um, you know, I'll be only a few hours up the road from my family, so I'm very family oriented guy as well. So it would be great for me to you know get drafted in Florida. Williams and maybe you've read the stories about him this week highly analytical very detailed in his preparation creates his own spider graphs like the ones that we've shown the last couple of weeks on pro football focuses graphs very intelligent prepared young man now if Cam Robinson is the standard in terms of height and size well then Jonah Williams looks like a guard and I'm looking over my shoulder to make sure he's not anywhere around me because he's very <laughs> defensive about that smart kid good kid uh, wanted to be respectful, but you can tell he's a feisty competitor and he's anxious to prove that he is the best left tackle in this draft. TJ Hawkinson, very bright, very humble. Um, I think he's their guy. Uh, I talked to a member of the New York media that I talked to back in 1995 who reminded me that Tom Coughlin was a big fan of Mark Bavaro when he was a member of that coaching staff that won Super Bowl 25 down at Tampa. Uh, this is the next Bavaro. This is a guy with a lot. I mean, he's, I'm told by a couple of the draft people that I've talked to around here, he's going to be the highest player available, the best available player for the Jaguars. And both Tom and Dave said on Monday, 
That's where need and value certainly meet. So it'll be interesting to see. Juwan Taylor looks the part of a right tackle. Um, most of the people I've talked to here think he fits between 12 and 17, uh, not necessarily at number seven. He's big enough. He certainly looks the part of a bruising right tackle. So it'll be interesting to see three very talented guys. I think all three will be on the board when the Jaguars select where they go. I'm going to go 50% on Hawkinson, but that's not much more confident than um, than John expressed his as well. So we'll see. But a lot of people here in, in Nashville believe that Hawkinson to the Jaguars makes the most sense. Well, Brian, I'm starting to feel, and not from talking to anybody in here, but just sort of feel, I just have a feeling it's going to be Jonah Williams, which makes me really happy considering he already doesn't like you. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of the Jonah Williams pick right now. Well, he would certainly fit, and he's not going to come in and play right guard. He's going to play right tackle because right. that's the position the Jaguars need. And they obviously contributed uh, to solving their issues by re-signing A.J. Can. And my sense is, is Brett Martineau walks up, and I'm going to bring him on here real quick. He doesn't know it. He's sweating. He, had, he made his way up, uh, but I'm going to get a quick thought from him on what he thinks after being down there. Uh, come on in, Brett. You all know oh, radio's guy. Brett Martineau. Right. Face for radio. He just walked by. Good timing for you. Um, <laughs> John thinks Jonah Williams. I say TJ Hawkinson. What do you say? I'm still stuck on uh, Jawan Taylor. Okay. Yeah, I, I think uh, I actually believe the defensive linemen are in play here for the Jags. Unlike the, the tight ends and offensive linemen, which makes sense, I think the value at defensive line is so good. What if a Josh Allen slips? What if a Ned Oliver is there? So, but the common sense says offensive linemen. Well, look, I think all of us agree that defensive line makes sense, but I don't see Josh Allen sliding. Nah, and and, and Quinn and Williams, as good as he is, is a three-technique tackle. You have a couple of those. I'm not sure that you make yourself better. You know, you need that first-round pick to be that guy. Yeah, and Quinn and Williams will not be there. Like, he, he definitely won't be there. But, and, and I think what's changed my mind a little bit on this whole scenario is the fact that Gary looks like he's sliding now, and so does Sweat. So I just thought you'd have all this value in defensive line, and especially edge rusher. You know, we continue to miss the Jags are not deep. At the pass rush spot, you you know, Tom Coughlin, New York Giants, they won Super Bowls because they loaded up that defensive line, those edge rushers, and they need to do that in this draft. They need, What if Yannick Ngakwe gets hurt for three games? Or what if Calais Campbell gets hurt and can't take the heat off of a 235, 240-pound pass rusher? Absolutely. So I think we, we can't lose sight of that, but I also understand the logic. Go help the quarterback you just spent $100 million on, offensive line or tight end. I want the tight end. I'm with you. Well, that's, that is need and value. And you were standing right next to me when we asked Tom about that. And Tom's always been a need guy on draft day. But the value and the need have to match up if you're going to make the most of the seventh pick. Well, and, and here's where people are probably get tired of hearing this. But bottom line is there is a little depth at tight end. There's a little depth, I think, at the line. Where's the drop-off? And it's not just the top three guys. I'm saying where's the drop-off if you took Hawkinson at seven or waited till 30-whatever or if you took Jawan Taylor or uh, Jonah Williams, where is that drop off what you might get in round number two or round three, wherever you do it? That's what they have to calculate. And they know that so much more than us. We can't really do that. So what's the fifth best tight end look like or fourth best tight end or fifth best right tackle look like? I think that's what it comes down to at the end of the day because I think all these guys we're talking about are good players. They'll help the Jags right away. But it's where that value exceeds what you might pick later on in the second or third round. So I saw you were down at Garth Brooks on Saturday night. Where will you be tonight? Uh, You'll be I some know. country honky-tonk singing karaoke. I know it, Martin. No, don't lie. I, I might do that. Uh, little friends in, in low places. And we'll be somewhere else. I'm going to go to Maurice Jones Drew right now in, in George Jones's place. Okay, Maurice isn't here. 
Oh, he didn't come? He's in L.A. Oh, well. See, breaking news. <laughs> Maurice Jones-Drew is in L.A. So, too, so too is Bucky Brooks. Well, you know, every once in a while, you got to tune in to us to find out who's here and who's not. That's why I do. Jaguars.com all the time. Outside Brent. of that, CBS 47, Fox. And a little ESPN 692, right? Thank you very much. All right, Brent Martin, thank you so much for stopping. You got, the, you got water or something? I'm hot. Yeah. All right. That That's man's Brent been Martin. Exercising. Okay, I've taken more time than I need to. When we come back, here I'm throwing to you, Ashlyn. This is what you're supposed to say. But um, let's talk about second and third round possibilities because there are names at both tackle and tight end that are worth considering. And I think when you start looking at those guys that could be available, that's where Brent was right. We don't know the separation point between a Juwan Taylor and, say, a, a Caleb McGrary from Washington. We'll talk about that. Absolutely. Before we do that, we have Tom draft party news. Oh, yeah. Are you ready for it, John? Join us tomorrow, Thursday, April 25th, for the Pet Paradise Duval Draft Night presented by PRI. Watch the first round in Daly's Place in the DreamFinders Homes Flex Field. Register for free admission at jaguars.com slash draft night. And like Brian Sexton said, we'll come back. Second and third round talk coming soon. When you hear, think Duval Motor Company, a proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Since 1916, Duval Motor Company has proudly served Northeast Florida, offering the latest products and services with hometown hospitality. Visit Duval Ford and Duval Honda on Cassett Avenue, Duval Acura on Atlantic Boulevard, and Subaru of Gainesville to learn more. At ViStar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. I've been doing this for 20 years, but success doesn't happen in a vacuum. Thank you for helping me move this thing along. You helped me get this thing going in the early days by telling 20 of your closest friends about Tito's. They told 20 more, and it kept growing from there. We wouldn't be where we are today without your support. Thank you very much. Go to titosvodka.com and pick up some Tito's gear. All proceeds benefit our charity partners. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Titosvodka.com. We're back. Pre-draft Jaguars drive time. We've talked all about the first round picks. I'm very distracted right now because John Osier has a new pop socket on hey, his Sidey. phone, and he just can't get past that he can now elevate his phone on the desk. Well, that, and, and I have the iPhone 10, yeah, big ah. money over, yeah. uh, and I have Face ID, so I just put it up So there. every time you look down, boom. So he can Google second-round tackles on his phone right here in front of Second-round tight ends. Or that, and it's, uh, whichever way you want to go. I'm the only iPhone that has protested the Face ID. Really? He doesn't like it. It's a memorable fix. Every time it sees it. Yikes. All right, let's go back out to Brian Sexton live from Nashville. We talk about the first round, second and third round. It all depends on who we take in the first round with the Jaguars. But, Brian, what are you thinking second round? Where do they go? Well, first of all, I'm thinking the Jaguars are all of a sudden buying nice phones for employees if Osher has a 10. Right. Because you know he hadn't put the money on the table for a 10. Ain't no way. I'm not putting Uh, the money on the table for a 3. But he'll put it in for a Brooks (laughs) Brothers shirt. He's got that on right now. Right. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had a monitor here to see that. It's something. Um, so what I'm hearing, again, and talking to people last night when we arrived and this morning when we got to the stadium, is that those guys around the second round, uh, Caleb McGrary from Washington, uh, a nasty guard, a nasty tackle, 6'7", so he's got that tackle size. He's got great arm length. Um, not a perfect prospect, but nasty. Could line up on the right side and bring the kind of nasty that Juwan Taylor has become famous for. Uh, Yadni Kajust, the kid from West Virginia, another guy who people think, especially at left tackle, has a skill set that just needs a little bit more refinement. He struggled a bit with some injuries at West Virginia. He's a 6'5", 300-pound guy, but he's got a good punch. He's a nasty player. Nasty, by the way, the key word. I mean, for any football player, it's, it's, it's not a game for well-adjusted men. Let's be honest about that. However, you want nasty on the offensive line. You want that mentality, that mindset. And both of those guys were mentioned to me as guys that would be available at 38. Could just because of the injury history, could be sitting there at 68 at the very beginning of the third round. Tight end, Sternberger makes the most sense, although there is a lot of talk up here about Dawson Knox being misused in his time in Oxford, Mississippi, and a lot of people starting to think that there could be a run on tight ends somewhere between 34, 35, and 50, which means that the Jaguars, if they don't take TJ Hawkinson, would have to be able to grab their guy, and Jay Sternberger is climbing fast too. He's not that far behind Irv Smith. One year of major college starting, 17.1 yards per reception, which is big-time receiver-type yardage in the NFL and was a first-team All-American in the Southeastern Conference. So talking about a guy with a lot of upside if the tight ends run start. Just a couple of names. Don't forget safety also. That's a position the Jaguars would like to be able to address in the first two days of the draft. Deontay Thompson from Alabama will be available sometime perhaps 68, maybe 98 when they're in the third round. There are talented players. And I guess the point I wanted to make, guys, and you know this, but we spend so much time with the first round. And, and maybe some people, when they read a mock draft, dive a bit into the second round. But beyond that, it, it just becomes mind-numbing. But it's what the Jaguars do in round two, with two picks in round three and round four. That's where you find depth. That's where you find future starters and guys that can come in and play a role in their first year in the NFL. There are guys there. So if they go tight end, guaranteed they can find a tackle at 38. Probably still find one at 68. If they go tackle, they can get a tight end. They're probably going to have to take him at 38 to get that kind of depth they're talking about. And, John, you and I have talked about this. I think the Jaguars don't need just one tight end. I think they need two. So when Tom and Dave were talking on Monday about the depth of the position, I didn't get misled to think that means they're going to take one in the fifth round. I think that means they're going to be able to find two guys that can help them because this is a tight end-centric offense with Nick Foles at quarterback. He threw at the tight end more than 25% of the time that he was the quarterback in those 11 starts with Philadelphia, and I think they're going to do it again. Yeah, I'd be kind of surprised if they go two in the top five picks. I think, I think their first five picks are going to be some combination of uh, the two lines, tight end, running back, and safety. I think it's going to come out of there. I don't see him doubling up positions, but, uh, Brian, if they do double up a position, I do think it'll be tight end. On my handy-dandy iPhone, guys, yeah. I've got the, the list of tight socket. ends. You know, and Brian talked about some of the guys I was going to. Sternberger, Knox, Irv Smith. Uh, the X factor there is you keep hearing that this is not only a deep tight end class, it's a phenomenally, unusually deep tight end class. That even if there's a run, there could be a guy available in the third round that is it, – it's not a – it's a smaller gap between T.J. Hawkinson – and the 10th tight end, for example, 
as there is between Jawan Taylor and the 10th right tackle. And that's why I think they'll wait on tight end and, and, and they'll go tackle early because of that dynamic. They're trying to figure out a way to get better overall, to get those three or four spots as good as they could possibly get, not just the first spot. So I think that's what will play into it's why well, they're they s- going tackle. But, uh, yeah, I would be surprised if the first two picks aren't tackle tight end in some order. I agree with that. Okay, well, I'll, I'll leave it from here. It's starting to get busy on this pedestrian bridge, but I don't necessarily agree. I, I agree with you. I don't see two tight ends in the top five. I think you get one, maybe one, maybe Hawkinson, and then down the yeah. road, you know, fourth, fifth round, you know, Josh Oliver perhaps from San Jose State. There are going to be guys available for them to be able to go and pick. And you mentioned a key stat, and that is a key idea, that they've got to be able to find players that can help them in multiple spots, not necessarily as a starter, but to provide key depth along both lines. It'll be interesting to see. I, the one thing we can say is that nobody knows the board. Tom and Dave know the board. And so all the information, the misinformation that flies around the Internet at this time of year, it gets put to the side tomorrow night when this whole thing starts and we see where they go. We go back to believe nothing. Correct. Yep. For now. For now. Until tomorrow. Except believe that we're headed for a great hot chicken lunch here in Nashville. See you. Well, thanks, Brian, and stay tuned to Jaguars.com for more of Brian Sexton. He'll have the interview with the pick. Live he'll have live tomorrow. live lunch coming up. He'll uh, he'll He's streaming everything. video himself eating hot chicken. I hope he live streams Martineau um, with Garth Brooks. That could be something. Or toweling down. Great. So, so <laughs> which it looks like Martineau's going to have to do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll come back and we'll have some ozone snapshots wrap up the show. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. You're invited to Super Bowl 54 for a once-in-a-lifetime experience with NFL On Location. Next February in Miami, you'll meet NFL alumni, enjoy exciting pregame parties, watch the action from the 50-yard line, and celebrate on the field after the game. For easy, one-stop planning and access to hotels and travel, let NFL On Location plan your ultimate Super Bowl experience. Secure your official access and the best seats at Hard Rock Stadium today. Visit NFLOnLocation.com. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. With the 36th pick in the 2016 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Miles Jack, linebacker, UCLA. I'll never forget um, when that 904 number popped across my phone and the whole room got quiet 
and um, picking it up and just hearing uh, Miles there. Dave Caldwell saying, are you ready to be a Jaguar? And I was like, hell yeah. You sold me on the workout, man. I have, I have a ton of confidence in you, and uh, we're ready to roll. We're excited to make you a Jaguar. That was Miles Jack building the Jaguars. You can see the full building the Jaguars content series on Jaguars.com right now. We go back to the importance of second and third round picks. That draft class is a true epitome of that. Well, can we just pick Fred again? No, that's That'd not be awesome. Right. That would be great. He's a <laughs> he great guy. He was a good guy. pick. We'll take <laughs> him at seven. We'll yeah. be good with him. This year. Yeah. Take Happy. him at seven. Take Happy. him over and over and over again. Say, it's going to be difficult for, I mean, for this franchise to beat that draft. Mm -hmm. I mean, to have Jalen and Miles and Unique all in one draft class together when everybody thought Miles was going to be a top five pick to begin with. He slides because of the knee scare and all that stuff. I mean, that's and the way it's turned out over the last few years. That is that is an unbelievable top three. Yeah, and then to have Unique, who uh, probably should have been a, a, a low first-round pick at the worst, uh, slip to you high in the third. Uh, maybe the best three picks or, or the best uh, first three picks uh, right up there with 96 when they got Kevin Hardy, Tony Bracken, and Aaron Beasley. Yeah. You know, those two drafts stand out as really nailing the first three picks. It shows that anything can happen, and I can't help but go back to last year when we were watching the draft phone call with DJ Chark and Coach Marone said on the phone after they picked Chark, you know, we had you as a, a first-round talent, and now we got you at the second round. It shows that every year something like that can happen. And DJ's agent went, that's awesome. Yep. <laughs> yes. You're right. Noted. I thought that as well. <laughs> you know, you know, we're thinking about all the money and different things you say. There's all this talk about a hey, right tackle is just as important mm -hmm. as left tackle. Now, you ask the guys on the Thursday night show on, the, on Happy Hour, they're like, I don't know, because there's a former left tackle on the on the stage, and yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Lagerman doesn't really buy that either. But <laughs> you keep saying that, then you got to pay the right tackle like the left tackle yeah. at some point. It's it's not equal, but it's far closer than it's ever been. And uh, to use Tony as an example, I get why he doesn't think it because when he played, it wasn't even close. The left tackle mattered, and it was a golden era of left tackles. It's still the more important position, but the reason that it's changed a little bit is teams are rushing guys off of their left side yeah. meaning you're going against the right tackle and uh guys like von miller i mean it, you see you see all the time the elite rushers rushing off of both sides mm -hmm. and it makes the right tackle position more important there's still a difference and a left tackle such as dillard is still built differently and plays differently than one such as uh, Jawan taylor but it's getting smaller, and my anticipation is as this trend in the league goes on, as you keep going more toward passing, RPO, spread, it's going to get more and more where there is not as much of a difference between left and right tackle. Uh, they'll still probably always be paid a little more left tackle because the, of the tradition of it, but not like it used to be when it was Tony. And bad example because Tony and Leon, when they different. played very close, yeah. but – in his era, it was a dramatic difference for most teams. That's right. Okay. With that, more John Osier. Just what we want. The Ozone. Just what we're looking for. More Johnny O. It's still a good, good song. Shattuck's not used to hearing it. Oh, I hear this a lot on game day. On game day. That's right. And on his. Oh my! This is my ringtone. Ring yeah. When John he, calls, that's what you hear. When John calls, right. I hear this yeah. music. <laughs> Great. We just need to hear it more. Oh, right. let's go to David from Oviedo. 
Oh, it seems that some players want to spell team with an I. There is no I in team. I believe championship teams understand the power of this concept. Thoughts? Well, this is, I, I'm assuming, and I assume a lot. Yes, you do. Uh, so what that does. That this is about the Jalen Telvin not being mm-hmm. here. And theoretically, David from Vito is right. Team does win over individual in this league. But the misconception is because we've been beaten into the ground for 20 years of players should be at voluntary workers, players should be at voluntary work. The fact that Jalen Ramsey is not at a voluntary offseason workout is not the same thing as Jalen Ramsey not believing in team. They are not required to be. I'm going to bang the table on this one. They are not required to be here. It's not a thing where you are a bad person, where you don't believe in the team, where you don't want to win the Super Bowl if you're not here. So just because they're not here during a time that is absolutely voluntary shouldn't mean these guys are painted as being bad people or not caring about the Jaguars, not caring about winning. JP, I covered the Colts for a long time. You knew that, I right? heard about that. What? Well, in Indy. Um, yeah. Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harris, and Edron James, uh, Dwight Freeney. Uh, if memory serves, Freeney was very rare. These are great players who all have rings, who wanted to be. They were rarely at, volu- at the voluntary workouts. The quarterback was, Peyton was, the quarterback needs to be here. Beyond that, it's an overblown situation, and it doesn't mean they're not team players. 20 years ago, this was not a piece of the offseason that was covered at all, really. Did- you know Fred Taylor pretty well, right? Uh, yeah, very well. Uh, I think he wanted to win. I think he was a team guy. I think he was, yes. Very rarely a uh, voluntary workout. Probably not. Doesn't It's okay. Matter. It doesn't. And it only matters, I'm using air quotes, because of the news cycle. You have to have something to talk yep, about. Exactly. And right. I think that's the, a big part why this is a story. Right. And the comments that Tom Coughlin made blew up because of that. But you go back to him just stating his opinion and at the pre-draft lunch, and he said, I'm not going to comment on it anymore because I said what I needed to say. Of course he wants him here. Yeah, and any coach does. There are a lot of players who feel like they benefit from being here. There's a lot of young players who who like the per diem of being here. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> a lot of, and you know, two hundred and thirty bucks or something. Yeah, yeah. But there are a lot Sign of players who feel like this is the best way for them to prepare. There are other guys who feel like, uh, such as Jalen, who feels like I best prepare when I am uh, I'm in Nashville working with the people I'm around. It's an overblown thing, but again, just because you're not here doesn't mean that you're an I player and that you're not a team guy. That you're a bad if, guy. Now, if you're not ready to go when the mandatory stuff comes yeah, around, that's a different, that's a different well, Then animal. it takes care of itself, and then you're out of the league in a couple of years. There right. you go. It's all designed to take care of itself. If, if you're messing around during the offseason, you're eventually going to be out of the league a lot quicker mm-hmm. than you would have been. It, it takes care of itself. The guys who are really screwing around in the offseason, they're out of the league really quick. Yep, you figure it out. Yep. All right, let's go to Brandon from Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, nice place. Yes. I have no inside information on the Jaguars draft board, but I have a gut feeling three out of four picks in Thursday's draft will be offensive line, tight end, and running back. If I get it right, I want it documented somewhere. Thank you. It's documented here. Drive time, Brandon. You're welcome. Well, first of all, now. I – I kind of assumed that he didn't have any inside information on the Jaguars draft. See, I thought I mean, he would. Yeah, I mean, uh, Asheville's a hotbed. Wait, for we haven't told Brandon. Wait, 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 we stuff. haven't told Brandon. Um, so, <laughs> get him on the phone. Uh, I think he said offensive line, tight defensive, end. Uh, tight end, running back. Yep. Uh, three of the first four picks. I agree with that. Uh, I also think defensive line in there and and safety in the fifth. I'd just be surprised if out of those first five picks four of those positions aren't in there somewhere. It feels like that's what they're going to do. Yes. What about backup quarterback? We've talked about that here and there. 
I I wouldn't be surprised if they don't even address it during the draft. Yeah. I mean, at this point, uh, Alex McGog. McGog. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, Irishman. Um, I I think he's got a <laughs> shot at the second round. I mean, he was a practice squad guy with pick. Seattle, right? And uh, you know, Kessler. Uh, uh, you know what he is. Uh, so Tanner Lee's still here, right? So. Wouldn't surprise me if if the quarterback lineup is still on the roster or is already on the roster. All right, let's wrap it up with Albert from Chandler. How successful will Nick Foles be this year? Well, I chose this. I, Broad you know, question there, Albert. You know, sort of behind the scenes. I, In life or with the Jags? I choose these <laughs> and I choose the order on them. So you do. I chose this because really – all the talking we've done for four months. It's been a lot. All the talking we've done today. That's the million-dollar question. Mm-hmm. If he's successful, they're going to be good. If he's not, then they're going to struggle next year. So I may say that because the draft, it'll help them a little this year. It's a, but I don't know that – to me, most drafts are not needle-moving in that first year. It's rare. So we're still talking about the future when we talk about today or when we talk about tomorrow night. Foles and how it works and how much he can bring these guys up to his level, I think it's still going to be the major question for this team during the Which season. Which is why you get the feeling that they're going to do everything they can to mm-hmm. bolster the offense early in this draft to help him as much as they yep. can. They did that around Blake, mm-hmm. and that just didn't work. Everybody got hurt last year. All the, every, we all know the story there. But now you've invested money again in another quarterback, a guy who has a track record of success mm-hmm. and has won a Super Bowl and nearly got to another one. Now you got to bolster that. you got to support that decision. Go do it. I think that's why it's an offensive player early. There you have it. And I go second prong to that success question is how successful will Leonard Fournette be this year? Because i got to think you have to have a lot more from him this year to be successful. You do. Um, He's got to be available. Yeah. Yep. First be of on all. the field. To be on the field. And uh, Foles' presence needs to make the line better and needs to make the receivers better. They're counting heavily on that. Uh, the line struggle with injuries. Uh, if, if Foles is more cohesive, meaning uh, getting the ball out quicker, making better decisions, that will raise everybody in those you know, eight people I talked about, the receivers and the five linemen tight end. That will raise everybody's game. Only if it's consistently thrown in the right spot, too. If it's uh, where guys can make a catch on it. And yeah, you can't just get change. the ball out and throw it into the ground. That's what I'm saying, right. You can get the ball <laughs> out and throw it into the ground, and all of a sudden it's second and ten. I can get the ball out. Right. Yeah, yeah you got to be accurate, too. So there's that that comes yeah. with it. with your pop socket that's right all right stay tuned to jaguars.com and jaguar social media channels tomorrow pre and post draft pick coverage and come out to daily's place and watch this draft show that myself and my lovely co-host will be hosting we'll see you tomorrow mainly ash no the co-host it's all about him